Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ooh-wee! Indeed, it is time for the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan. That's a three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. My name is Alec Medford. We got Larry D. Flores holding things down for you. The Turn It On, Leave It On listener, we appreciate you so very much for checking us out here on The Fan, the Odyssey app, and as well as Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash DallasFanCam or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 to get involved in any and all of our conversations with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Full show today, full mm-hmm. show tomorrow with the Young Guns, myself, and the fan phenom Blake Elliott. But tonight, we got four hours of great content to get to. We got the Mavs in action. We got the Pop-Tart Bowl to talk about. <laughs> I got some of the best audio, thanks to our buddy Carter Freeman for sending over. Probably the best sound you're, you'll ever hear out of context from a college football game. Oh, ever. good. We'll get to that throughout the Carter rest. Carter Freeman is college football. He is basically at this CF point. on Co- the CF. Carter goes harder. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite something segment like on the that. fan right now. Yeah, something like that. You could probably twist it a few <laughs> different ways. But before we get into any of our conversations here today, I say good evening to the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. What's up, Alec? What up? What up, Larry? Hook em horns. I think we got a segment for you, just for you, <laughs> coming up later in the show. And any other UT along, uh, Longhorn followers, alumni, et cetera, uh, boosters, we know who you are. 877-881-1053, just like Alex said. As the truckwreck.com text line, let us know what you got going on tonight on a Thursday. We're here for you, live and local. You might be out and about. You might be doing some gig economy stuff. You might be preparing for New Year's Eve early. You might be lonely. They don't know about that Lucia stuff. They don't know about lonely. Oh, 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 oh. Back to you. <laughs> and I, I like Just I cry. Oh, 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 oh. Just for context, CA was telling me he was feeling lethargic before the show, and Mm -hmm. he's already doing this three minutes into the show. Oh, I'm going to be 10 o'clock gassed. (laughs) It's okay because the 10 o'clock hour turns into just complete chaos anyways. And that's when AM on the FN. Yeah, one of my favorite segments. 1020, you know how it goes. You know how it goes. But we got to start off because we are your home of Dallas Cowboys football, 105 hmm. through the fan. A conversation that sparked by a piece that John Mashota put out on The Athletic earlier today. Could the Lions matchup be primed to be the C.D. Lamb show? Because what was something we talked about all week? 
coming out after the Miami Dolphins game is why are you not targeting C.D. Lamb for two American football mm-hmm. quarters? Mm-hmm. It's probably not a good recipe for success offensively or just as a football team if you're trying to win a close game like you just lost to the Dolphins. Did you realize, you probably looked this, these numbers up, but Cowboy fans may not know, during that two quarters that they didn't even target him, let alone he touched the ball at all. I mean, he was in that game, first quarter, of course, running, catching, I mean, yards after catch, yards after contact, he was getting it done. Do you realize in those two quarters, when the Cowboys didn't even target him, they scored a grand total of three points. Mm. The rest of the drives that the Cowboys had him involved in, that's where they scored the rest of those points. Just saying. It's almost like targeting your best player on the field can kind of work and can help you score. And if it doesn't happen, you're wondering, are they overthinking this thing? What's the problem here? Whose fault is it? Mike McCarthy or is it Dax? Is it both? Is it a combination of both? Does CD have to demand the ball like T.O.? Following C.D. Lamb's 49-yard touchdown reception with a minute 30 left in the first quarter, he was not even targeted again until there was 10:25 left in the whole game. And Dak Prescott, the quarterback, saying that he thinks a lot fact a lot of factors played into that. They got the rush going a little bit, uh, getting me off the spot. We talked about them clouding the coverage to C.D., putting more people to his side, wasn't mm-hmm. quite giving us favorable looks mm-hmm. uh, that they were earlier in the game. That's a credit to Dolphins defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Uh, the guy's been around a long time, hell of a play caller. He wasn't going to sit there and allow C.D. to have a career day. But he does think maybe one or uh, one or two plays he could say that he could have made a better play. But overall, well done by them. So Dak deferring to the veteran Vic Fangio, which, look, late in the season last year, the Philadelphia Eagles picked up Vic Fangio as a senior assistant. And look where it got them. It propelled them all the way to the Super Bowl because their defense stepped up. And he helped make two pretty bad corners that we've seen this season. Mm-hmm. And Darius Slay and James Bradbury, uh, they've been getting torched all season. Slay not even healthy right now. Uh, you see the things that a Vic Fangio can do. But, you know, not even looking C.D. Lamb's way was a bit of a cu- uh, curious decision. I, I've, I can shed some more light on that as well. Uh, I was up at the start yesterday when Dak was having that ganger. And I was standing right next to him when he was talking about Fangio. And I was, I was impressed that he gave him his props he gave him a nod he didn't give him the nod on the blueprint because guess what he did he did something completely different than what he did in 2021 when the Cowboys played the Broncos and Fangio decided I got the blueprint and here's what we're going to do we're not going to be in the dock we're not going to be in the box for Zeke we're going to flood the secondary with eight and nine guys and that's what they did I mean they were flooding the secondary uh, in 2021 this game over the weekend in Miami this is what he did which was completely different he blitzed him over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it did not help that Tyron Smith was out. You follow him going with this? Yeah. Chubb, who he brought over with him from Denver, had a field day. Dak Prescott was sacked four times but was hit 12 times. Imagine having your head on a swivel because your offensive line is not intact for the first time in seven straight games. When Tyron Smith was, was, was healthy, playing along with Zach Martin in their whole the whole game. They went seven straight weeks and the Cowboys won majority of those games. They only lost to Buffalo. Well, guess what? You didn't have Fangio said, you know what? I'm not going to flood the secondary. I'm just going to go tee off on Dak and have Dak and McCarthy adjust. And they didn't do a better adjustment. They didn't. And one thing that you heard after the game and we've kind of had conversation throughout the Uh, previous parts of this week is that maybe communication played into part of that as well being on the road which Mm -hmm. the Dolphins fans were pretty present there was a good amount of Cowboys fans out there but 
Uh, in pivotal plays on third downs when the Cowboys were on offense, you were hearing a roaring uh, mm-hmm. crowd. You saw a few times Dak stomping his foot, clapping his hands, mm-hmm. trying to get the ball a little bit quicker late in the play clock. Yep. And you hope that if you get Tyron Smith back, he's listed as questionable for this week's game, but he did take place in he, practice. I talked to him. He said he feels great. So hopefully and he, he said great. He said the word great. I said, I hope you feel better. He goes, oh, I feel great. And he smiled. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's definitely going to play because he's listed as questionable, not doubtful. Uh, real quick, the practice report came out this afternoon. Rico Dotto is not going to play. So you don't have that dirty yard uh, running back. Uh, Malik Davis stepping in, I guess, off of the practice squad. Yeah, that would be my guess going forward. And then Hankerson, uh, Anthony, uh, what's his name? Hank, Jonathan Hankerson, he's not going to play. Oh, Jonathan Hankins, yeah. Hankins, rather. Yeah, uh, yeah he's still, still dealing with that high ankle sprain, and hopefully we can get him back soon because the run defense did take a step forward. That's a whole different conversation mm-hmm. uh, against okay, the can Dolphins. I, can I say this other thing? about You mentioned uh, the Cowboys' uh, run defense. Here's the irony about uh, Fangio changing up his blueprint and then blitzing Dak over and over again. It was almost like a few years ago when Dak got killed in Atlanta. With, I mean, all it's like... He's just getting rushed and rushed and rushed. He didn't have as many sacks, but 12 quarterbacks hit is no joke. On the opposite side, Dan Quinn, and I look directly at Dan Quinn on this loss, he changed up something different on the Cowboys defense. Do you realize Cowboys defense puts more pressure on the quarterback than any defense in the NFL? And they didn't do that this game. They were more patient trying to stop the run. And they actually were effective because – those two running backs combined for less than 100 yards rushing. I'm just saying, notice a tale of two great defense coordinators doing something different. One that worked out great, I'm talking about Fangio. The other, not so much. Not so much, and going back to the uh, communication I was talking about mm-hmm. across the offensive line, you hope that gets better with Tyron Smith coming back, but not just that. You also hope it gets better when they come back to home because you've seen you already know the point differential being ridiculous when the Cowboys play at home we know the amazing things they've been able to do with their home record but uh, you talk about a team in Detroit that hasn't been as good on the road either and a team in Detroit that Dak Prescott is historically really good against he's 4-0 undefeated against these Detroit Lions the only Uh, team he's undefeated against and that's the most wins he has against any non-NFC East opponent so he's completed 68 percent of his passes against them averaged 280 yards per game and thrown nine touchdowns to no interceptions with a 123.5 passer rating against that team obviously some changes with the head coach the past couple of years Mm -hmm. since Dak has entered the league and played them but uh and personnel always goes into that but if anything I think their defense has gotten worse over time in the secondary specifically the secondary is going to be a place that they can actually have a little bit of choice of where they want to pick on. The linebackers are really inconsistent with the Lions, but they have promise. It's like every other game. They show a lot of athleticism. They show Mm -hmm. a lot of range. They can get beat just on the mental side of football. Mm -hmm. The football IQ isn't exactly there with that linebacker group, but they are definitely more skilled than the secondary. The secondary is a place that Dak and CeeDee Lamb could feast. Yeah, I was asking Dak yesterday to describe this defense. We know Buffalo's defense is a physical defense. Philadelphia's got a physical defense. He said they are an opportunistic group, and that's why he's got to be aware of the possible things that they could do, um, especially uh, with their linebackers and their their front. You know what I mean? They they can they can come at you. They can do a lot of different things, show you different looks, the whole nine yards. But like you said, the secondary may be the area where they can feast, and their defensive coordinator is former Dallas Cowboy, former uh, 
uh, New Orleans Saint and former New York Jet Aaron Glenn, who, by the way, still owns that Williams chicken over there off of Redbird Lane. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah, so there's a lot that goes into this matchup. A very physical, high-energy group is mm -hmm. what Dak Prescott describes the Lions' defense, and he he can tell that they play with a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and that's all because of Dan Campbell. Oh, that's yeah. all because that's of the head style, coach. That's his style, man. That's just Love it. the, the knee-biting, kneecap-biting style of uh, Dan Campbell's Lions team absolutely comes into play. They play fast. They play hard. It's just the inexperience absolutely does come into play with that defensive group. Offensively, they've got a lot more experience and just more skill overall. That's probably where you're most concerned. But if you're looking for a bounce-back game in terms of the offense, trying to find that rhythm again, communication, getting back to form, you hope it would be against the Detroit Lions when Jimmy Johnson's in the building, getting inducted to the ring of honor. That's the last place you want to put up a stinker, but CeeDee Lamb speaking a little bit after practice the past couple days about his, his lack of involvement here in the last uh, game against Miami and a, another place that he thrives, AT&T Stadium. He's 24-7 and seven in his last NFL games played at AT&T Stadium because remember, he played pretty well in college at AT&T mm -hmm. Stadium as well, oh, but he, Boomer. he's been saying after uh, practice, quote, I know what I can contribute to the team. I know what player I am. I've worked hard to be in this position and has everybody else on this team just putting myself in the best position to help the team. Of course, I like to win overall, so it's not much about the stats, but he thinks that he can help whenever the ball is targeted his way saying, you know, I don't ever think, oh, bleep, I've got 100 yards. That's a good game. That's mm -hmm. not me. That's not it. He, he just, just likes to winning. Win. And the team has Won a lot of games whenever yeah. he does go over that 100-yard mark. He was so sincere when he was saying that. He kept saying, y'all don't understand. The personal stats and stuff, I might find out about that after the game. I just want to win. I can't even tell you how much joy I get by winning. Someone asked him, do you realize you can break Michael Irvin's uh, Cowboys record for most yards in the season in this game? And he said, I was not aware of that. And he said, that will be good to have. And he said, uh, somebody asked me, is Michael going to call you? He said, Michael's probably going to be there because Jimmy's going to the ring. He yep. said, is Michael going to call you? Are you going to call him? He said, oh, I call him all the time. That's my guy. Yeah, Mashota says that Michael Irvin is expected to be there. So that would be quite the sight if you get not only the long-awaited ring of honor induction of Jimmy Johnson and then you get the record broken by CeeDee mm -hmm. Lamb in front of the man who is currently holding it the all in the same club, day. man. This could end up being a pretty notable day in Cowboys franchise history just in terms of the record books and the history books, but hopefully they can put up a, a notable day in the in the box score. It's going to be star-studded as far as Cowboys greats, Cowboys legends, uh, some of them with gold jackets, some of them in the ring of honor, some of them just names from the past that you know and love. Because when Jimmy goes in, I mean, everybody's been waiting that for, waiting for so long. The Cowboys, by the way, are five-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. One of the reasons why, uh, I always like to kid and say this, but Jared Goff's got Sean Shreve hands. And so he fumbles a lot. He might throw a pick here, but he's got these little bitty hands. And the Cowboys, for the first time, went – Back-to-back -back games with zero takeaways. I expect them to get some takeaways because they do that a lot at home. And you mentioned the crowd being more friendly at home. You you started this whole segment out talking about how Dak Prescott and and Michael Michael excuse me Mike Mike McCarthy can hear the signals. And the the offensive line can hear the signals. The wide receivers can hear the signals. Everybody, the running backs, they're all on the same page because the Cowboys crowd at home is a whole different animal than being on the road with all that noise and minutia. By the way, Dak was saying that he tries not to pay attention to any other crowd while he's calling the plays home or road. He said, but when the Cowboys score, 
and the crowd goes nuts. He says, nothing else like it. There is nothing else like it, and hopefully we get to hear that crowd roar a few different times. Uh, this coming Saturday, as we are your home of Dallas Cowboys football, 105 through the fan. Oh, and let me say this. Speaking of the Ring of Honor, I got a special CA Stories edition of the Ring of Honor. You know, Tom Landry went to the Ring of Honor, and Jerry Jones is the one that selected him. He did not want to go. I'm going to tell you what happened behind the scenes that made Tom Landry show up for his own ceremony and agree to be inducted. We'll also give you some uh, little backstories about some of the other people who went at the Ring of Honor as well. Uh, one of the note, 214 says, C.A., was that Lenny Williams you were singing? Oh, 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 oh. Yep, that was the great Lenny Williams. <laughs> that C.A. Stories Confidential is coming up at 940. Yeah. Today we are just getting started Woo-hoo. here on the Get Right on 105 Through the Fan. And coming up next, a fun piece put out by The Athletic NBA shooting rankings from the Magic all the way up to the Thunder. What is each team's biggest strength right now in offense? We'll do that next on the Get Right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan, about to get into the NBA shooting rankings here in just a moment. The Dallas Mavericks already down big to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Midway through the first quarter, 22-6 is the score as it stands. No Luka tonight. This is going to be like the Houston game a couple of nights ago where Luka didn't play. You know, they kind of rested him with that that calf, this kind of whatever it is that's kind of bothering him. Uh, they got blown out by Houston. Minnesota's got the best record in the NBA, and they're playing in Minnesota. The Mavericks are playing five games over the next seven nights Five games and seven nights, and they fly. They flew into Minnesota early in the morning, like five in the morning, and then they fly out to San Francisco after this game to play the Warriors on Saturday. It's brutal right now, but guess what? They play a whole lot of home games in January. Coaches are like, okay, the game last night should they, you know you wanted them to win this game. Cleveland's a good team. You wanted them to win this game against Cleveland because you knew you had this back to back, and Minnesota so good. Last year, I think the philosophy of the coaches, well, we'll uh, rest up against teams that are not that good. And, you know, the be- the bench, those guys, they can play a lot and see-, see if we can use them in the playoffs. This year, like, shh, we're going to go ahead. I, when I, say shh, I didn't want to say the rest of the word. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and win the games against the teams we're supposed to beat, and maybe we can rest Luka in the fourth quarter and then go up against the other teams and see what happens. But they did not win against Cleveland. And speaking of Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns and New York Jets in action on Thursday night uh, football on Amazon Prime. 
The Cleveland Browns got the ball first, and they scored first. Flacco. Uh, it is Joe Flacco with the touchdown pass to running back Jerome Ford early in the first quarter to take the 7-0 lead. We will keep you up to date on that matchup to see if the 2023 legend of Joe Flacco continues. Interesting. Hey, Larry, you're a UT guy. You headed to the Sugar Bowl this <laughs> this weekend for the for the UT uh, UT uh, Washington game. No, I'm going to be watching it from the comfort of my home. Did you say Probably we got a special? Way. Did you say have a special segment for them? Yeah, because I saw Larry oh, Flores' name on the schedule, which is a very rare thing. Mm-hmm. So we have coming up at what time is that? Nine twenty. Three reasons that Texas is back enough to win it all. And this is coming from a certified doubter of yeah. the oh, Texas yeah. I, I was going to say that. Thank you for that, Alec. Yeah, cause... so, and it's not a troll segment either. <laughs> it's actually going to happen, I promise. I've got three reasons why they can I win can't wait to hear all this. of it. I'll make uh, sure I tune in for that segment. Then. <laughs> I'm glad you will because uh, we He's not going to run downstairs. He's going to stay right where he is. <laughs> yes, we absolutely need you for that one. Feel free to get involved. But uh, the truckrick.com text line is where you can also get involved. 877-881-1053. Any of the conversations throughout the night. We got around the NFL coming up on the other side. But I was doing some reading after the show yesterday mm-hmm. and came across on The Athletic. It was Law Murray who put out NBA shooting rankings and he does this each and every season and this year's rankings look at each team's greatest strength and weakness in terms of shooting Uh, so kind of weighing what they're good at and what they're bad at and averaging it out and then ranking them uh, each of the teams in the NBA so looking at their greatest strengths and weaknesses just taking a guess where would you think the Dallas Mavericks would rank out of all of the NBA teams in terms of shooting uh, I would say top five now th- this is probably skewed a little bit more because in the last month a lot of players have been injured some of their best shooters have been injured and when I say best shooters you don't really think of Derek Lively as being a shooter, but do you know he's got the highest field goal percentage of any player in the entire league, not just rookie. It's because he's got the putbacks and the dunks and the pick and roll, the pick and pops with Luka. But Kyrie's been out, and Kyrie uh, is one of the most clutch players in the in the, in the, in the NBA and highest scoring uh, player in the NBA in the fourth quarter. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking they're in top five. Law Murray has them ranked. At number 16. Ooh, that's in, mid. In the NBA. That's very mid. much mid. And well, let's, let's, let's blame some people. Yeah, okay? let's, let's break it down because mm-hmm. their greatest strength is that they're second in the league in threes per game. Three-point uh, shots made per game. But their greatest weakness, 27th in the NBA in free throw percentage. You know what? The other night, I, I forget who they were playing. Luka missed all his free throws. Not yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell? He's trying to be better. But you're right. They have not been strong in their free throws. So you're talking about all shooting. Yes. And, and here's the other thing about the Mavericks. We all know Tim Hardaway Jr. can be really hot and he can be really cold. Mm-hmm. He's been cold this month. He was very, very hot in October and November. The analysis on this piece, and we'll talk about DHJ a little bit more here in this segment. Uh, the Mavericks are a lot like the Celtics when it comes to the pursuit of threes, and Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are both in the 38% range, but none of Dallas's players who make at least one three per game shoot them at a 40% clip, and many of Dallas's shooters, along with non-shooting center Derek Lively, somehow double as subpar free-throw shooters. 
So even the, the it, free throws, the freebies are killing them. Yeah, and it, it, it's the guys that aren't taking many three-point shots because statistically it might not show up every game because we have seen some pretty well-rounded games from the Mavericks mm-hmm. this season more so than last year at this point. But for the most part, the guys who aren't shooting many threes per game are not drawing fouls, and when they are, they're not making their free throws. So it's the gimmies that they're missing out on, and it's something that's plagued the team for years now is that they didn't have a true rim-running center. You hope to have that fixed with Derek Lively, but still, you don't have a a lot of guys that get to the rim. They get around the rim, Mm -hmm. but they don't get to the rim. That's the best way I've heard it put, and you're not seeing many points scored from the three-point range like you mentioned with Tim Hardaway Jr. They might be second in the league in three-point three-pointers made but that's mainly because Luka Doncic and a healthy Kyrie Irving Tim Hardaway Jr. we were joking about when it he's last hot. yeah we were joking about it last night Blake and I it was if you can guarantee anything about this Mavs team especially right now if Tim Hardaway Jr. gets the ball he's going to shoot it oh yeah he does not believe in assist <laughs> but I will give him credit on one thing and you know Tim always scares me he just does cuz he's either hot or he's cold and he's not going to stop shooting he has been actually taking it to the basket more this year than I've ever seen. So hopefully that will – I hope he would do that instead of just jacking up threes when he is cold. It's like the solution, Tim, is to take it to the basket. And then maybe you get to the free throw line and maybe you can make some free throws. As far as some of these other guys not making their free throws and maybe going to the basket, basket, they're more athletic this year. The most athletic guy on the team, arguably, is Derrick Jones Jr. Absolutely. This guy won the slam dunk contest in 2020. Nobody saw it because of the pandemic, but he can, he's can. he got bounce. And you already know Lively's got bounce. So Derrick Jones Jr., he's a threat off of Luka Live at all times, but I don't know about his free throw percentage. At the same time, he's also been a, a surprising three-point threat. But the mid-range jumper, those are the gimmies you need to make as well. And the only person I've noticed making those mid-range jumpers is Luka doing the Dirk fadeaway. It's true. And Kyrie, of course, because Kyrie can make all kinds of shots in the paint, mid-range jumper. The guy I'm just unsure of right now in his shooting is Josh Green, who just finally came back uh, mm-hmm. last night, and I don't think he scored four points. Yeah, Reggie and I were talking about this maybe two or three weeks ago is that you just don't have enough guys getting to the rim. They'll get Mm -hmm. around, but they can't sink the shots when they get around the rim. You at least see that with a guy like Kyrie Irving, with a guy like Luka, where they can make those Mm mid-range shots. So some more aggression might be in play, might be in the cards for the team. I don't know, but is the solution simply just the Mavs getting healthier or is it, hey, this specific guy, because you mentioned like Tim Hardaway Jr., needs to just stay consistent, maybe needs to drive to the rim a little bit more? He's been driving to the rim this year. Again, so I'm at all the games and I watch all the games on TV as well, so I can tell you, what. and I tell you, he still scares me to death. I am not a Tim Hardaway Jr. apologist. I just noticed that, wait a minute, somebody must have told him to drive to the basket more. The guy who's been disappointing is Grant Williams. Grant Williams started October and November on fire, like Tim Hardaway Jr. And he was making a lot of threes. And then going into Thanksgiving, it's like nothing was working for him. I mean, at least Tim Hardaway Jr. is still jacking up shots. And he would have, uh, you know, he'd be one for eight out of three-point range, but he'd still wind up with 11 points some kind of way. Grant Williams isn't giving you any kind of points if he's not on. He, He was hurt. He came back. He gave you 21 points, I believe. I I hope he finds his way the rest of the season. And as far as what they need to get, everybody knows defense and rebounding is their flaw. Last night, they had gotten out-rebounded 
57 to 37. And 18 of those rebounds that Cleveland had were offensive rebounds. What I'm what I'm pointing to is this. They're going to do some kind of move at, at the trade deadline. They always do. Ask Porzingis. Ask Kyrie. You follow what I'm saying? They do make moves. But I'm thinking they're going to get a big guy. I don't know what they can do to improve the shooting. The tricky part about it is their best shooters are Luka and Kyrie. Kyrie's been out for 18 games or something like that. He'll be back at some point and just pick your poison time. But when they collapse on those two guys, there are wide open shots to be had. I don't know if they need to talk to the team psychologist, uh, Don uh, Cockstein or whatever his last name is. I can't remember. I just talk to him, call him Don all the time to talk about these free throws because it's a psychological thing to make your free throws. And by the way, Kyrie, at one point, he's their best free throw shooter. At one point, and by the way, he had never missed a fourth quarter free throw in his Mavericks career up until around Thanksgiving. So this is a it's a weird stat. They need help on defense and rebounding. I don't know what they can do about their shooting. And you're talking about primarily free throw shooting, the freebies. The freebies have been killing the team, and hopefully it's something that can improve. If it makes you feel any better, it probably won't. The Mavs actually moved up one spot from this time last year on this list. They were 16th this season. They were 17th at this point last year. So a little bit of improvement. You know what's so crazy? I think a lot of Maverick fans, including me, kind of took for granted the free throw percentage that Dirk and his teammates had. Dirk was a big guy that never missed free throws. Luca is a superstar, but he will miss his free throws. And he gets mad at himself, and he'll go down to the gym after a game if he's missed free throws and it cost him a victory or something, and he'll work on that shot. And he's real proud of trying to do better at the free throw line. But this year, I've been shocked that he hadn't been more accurate. And coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll get more into what the biggest disappointment in your mind has been with the Dallas Mavericks thus far. But would you like to take a stab at who comes in at number one on this list in terms of NBA shooting? You mean which team? Yeah. Golden State. Oklahoma City. Ah, Shea Gilgers as SG. Yeah. Yeah, and this time, Alexander. This time last SGA. year, they were 16th mm-hmm. on the list. They move up to number one this year because they are second in free throw percentage night and day from the Dallas Mavericks. Their greatest weakness is their 14th in threes per game, but mm-hmm. they've come a long way in just two years. And by the end of the 2021 2022 season, OKC ranked dead last in field goal percentage and three-point percentage and only 24th in free throw percentage. It is just a clear upgrade from just two short seasons ago, the place that they are at now. And coming up a little bit later when we go around the association, got some sound from Doc Rivers talking Mm -hmm. about what could have been with Shea Gilgis Alexander out there in L.A. Oh, the Clippers. Yep. Because for those who don't know, the Clippers traded for Paul George and they traded away Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, so we'll hear all the regret that Doc Rivers had in that deal. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Pretty interesting story but there. Hey, but hey, Kawh- Kawhi wasn't coming to the Clippers without uh, Paul George. And you'll hear Doc Rivers wasn't so sure that was the case. Dun, dun, but, dun. Um, I can't wait. The thing is, I was listening to J.J. Reddick's podcast, Old Man and Three, and he was tossing up the idea of if OKC is one player away right now, like if they're one mm-hmm. good move from making a solid push, 
in the playoffs this year. And it's just so weird to think that this felt like for a while because they were making deals left and right, getting all these, all these assets, draft picks. all these draft picks, mm-hmm. all these great movable contracts, expiring deals, what have you. They were making all these moves. And it was like, yeah, in maybe two, three years, they're going to be a force. And it's turned into, could they make a move this year I mean, and actually that, be relevant? Yeah. It's incredible to see how fast that progression has gone on. I mean, this team, we're talking about Oklahoma City, they had three MVPs. They had KD, they had Harden, they had Russ, and they also had um, a great defender, too. So they had a core that went to the NBA Finals. And when that thing blew up because all those guys left for various reasons, it was like, wow, they're going to hit to the bottom. They didn't stay in the bottom maybe a year, if that. And they got all these assets to get whoever they really want. Because they, they're just loaded. That GM over there, he knows what he's doing. The worst team in the NBA was the Orlando Magic. Not anymore. Yeah, because they... Uh, oh, you mean uh, for the shooting? Yeah, the shooting list. Mm-hmm. And their greatest strength is their 24th in free throw percentage, which isn't good. And their greatest weakness is that they're 29th in threes made. But you still got to give them credit because they won more than 60% of their games going into Christmas. Yeah, they're rolling. They're, they're one of these teams that surprise teams right now. And former Maverick defensive coordinator Jamal um, Mosley is the head coach over there. If It was either going to be Mosley or Jay Kidd, and it was uh, Mosley going to Orlando. He's got a nice young t- squad. Mavericks beat them already in Orlando. Orlando comes back here at the end of, month, of January. It's interesting to see the different metrics that go into this, like how the Orlando Magic do literally nothing good, and they were still winning pretty much every game mm-hmm. they played most of December leading up to the holidays. Kind of interesting to see how the league works, but that's the NBA shooting rankings. Uh, just really cool stuff that the Athletic does to break down everything and put it in perspective and see just how important the lack of free throws made by the Dallas Mavericks really is. And you know what? I don't. There, it's, I keep thinking, how can they fix it? They got to make the free throws, but also what's part of these numbers that you don't really look into a lot because Luca commands a double team, Kyrie commands a double team. Usually, the guys shooting threes are wide open, and that means they're going to jack up a three, which means if they're not on, they're going to have a terrible three point percentage. You see, what I'm saying you don't, you don't pass up a wide open three. You just don't. Not in this this league, not in these days. And so I'm just looking at Tim Hardaway Jr., not just him, but there's other guys. They're wide open. You've got to shoot that shot. Um, Seth Curry is arguably one of the best corner three-point shooters of all time. I think his his percentage is way up. So at some point in time, it's got to even out better, but they can only do themselves a better job making those free throws. Curry already made one of those corner threes tonight. We'll see if that can keep rolling. For the Mavericks as they're down 11 at the end of the first quarter, 37-26 to 26 against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We will keep you up to date on that matchup throughout the rest of the show. Coming up next on the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan, let's take a trip around the NFL, get you the latest scoring update from this matchup on Thursday Night Football. Plus, we've got Pro Football Hall of Fame finalists. The Vikings change up their quarterback plans, and plus, Does the NFL actually want Jim Harbaugh? We'll talk about it next on The Fan. Thank you very much, Larry. About to take a trip around the NFL here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. Alec Medford and the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. And you, the Turn It On, Leave It On listener coming up. To open up the second hour, we have each Super Bowl contender's strength, a fun list that we will go through and debate 
uh, what is true and what is not. We start our trip around the NFL with the latest scoring update from Thursday Night Football uh, on Amazon Prime as you do have the Cleveland Browns facing off against the New York Jets. And the score as it stands right now, 13-7 to in hey. favor of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jerome Ford had the first score early on in the first quarter. Then Brees Hall uh, had a 21-yard touchdown reception from Trevor Simeon to open up the Jets scoring. And now a Kareem Hunt seven-yard touchdown run. Riley Patterson missed his extra point. So it is 13-7 to This is surprising favor. against the Jets' defense. They, they may not have an yeah. offense, but their defense is normally great. Already have 166 yards of offense through the Cleveland Browns. Mm, mm, uh, mm. And it's not even the end of the first quarter yet. So that offense is cooking right now. David uh, David Njoku has been really the uh, benefactor of all of this as he has 113 receiving yards on four catches. Mm, mm, mm. And it's four minutes left in the first quarter. So, yeah, he might be. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but here in the past week and a half, there have been some stupid receiving numbers put up. We saw like George Pickens. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, a couple other guys out there. Amari Cooper, who is not playing in this game. By but the I way. was going to ask you, what's up with Amari? Amari had like 250 yards last week. He has a heel injury oh. and will not be playing in this game. So it probably would have been Amari Cooper that has that 113 yards uh, three quarters through the first quarter. But Yeah, Flacco, by the way, 128 yards, one touchdown, and he's just getting started. This is on a Jets, a vaulted Jets defense, which is surprising. And again, Cleveland's got, in my mind, the better defense. Uh, Arlington Martin's own Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett out there running things. We'll keep you updated on, edge. on that game as it progresses. But one thing we do know the results of is the Pro Football Hall of Fame announcing its finalists for the 2023 season. And the 15 finalists will be uh, trimmed to 10, then five during the selection meeting early uh, next year. So we do know that Darren Woodson has been elected again as a finalist. Hasn't officially made it yet, but as a finalist. Uh, other- I hope so. I hope. Don't go through the other one again. This is, we got to say this. We got to show Woody his love again. Woody is the Cowboys' all time leading tackler, he's a safety. He was a he was a big he was the he was the uh, he had the green dot on his helmet and there was no green dot in the 1990s. You follow what I'm saying? He was the quarterback for the Cowboys defense, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's almost like he's going down the Drew Pearson path. It's like, wait a minute, what the hell's going on here? He's so great, how come he's not in? And they need to do something. One thing that's good is Jerry did put him in the Ring of Honor to say, hey, Pro Football Hall of Fame, Darren Woodson belongs. First-time candidates Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates, a couple of intriguing names Peppers. that made it as well. Uh, some of the finalists there, as you do have other names like defensive backs Eric Allen and Rodney Harrison, running back Fred Taylor, uh, and offensive lineman watch, Jari watch, Evans. Watch, watch Rodney Harrison get in because of his TV work. See, part of it with these voters, because it's all subjective, if you're relevant, if people are remembering you and – Rodney's out there. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Watch them put him in because he's relevant. It wouldn't shock me, honestly. You know, and don't is. get me wrong. He was good, but I'm talking about I'm look, I'm comparing him to Woody. Woody was on ESPN for a while, but you know he's mild mannered, low key. He's always been a. In other words, he wasn't outrageous or obnoxious. He wasn't, you know, to. 
And we already know that Rodney Harrison will probably be out there at the NFL Honors exactly. whenever it's going to be announced who the, uh, Night the before the Super Bowl the inductees are because you know NFL Network coverage is going to be out there so may as well and it looks like the Browns are about to have a pick six <laughs> in this matchup and he made against it in. the Jets so yeah you can go ahead and raise that thirteen to seven score up by another six nineteen to seven in favor of the Cleveland Browns. A pick six thrown by Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Okay, I'm going to tell you another reason why I don't think Amari's playing and the reason the Jets' defense isn't playing well. This is a Thursday night game. I can't even tell you how many NFL players say, are you kidding me, when they have to do that short week? Because yeah. their bodies, you know, especially late in the season, the turnaround, their bodies just cannot recover that quick. They just can't. And that's why a lot of Thursday night football games are lopsided. And I was talking to our guy Carter Freeman about this earlier. He was the one that told me, and I was like, that's load management in the NFL. Absolutely. He just had a monster game on Mm -hmm. Sunday, and he's like, four days turnaround and I'm a little sore? Uh Uh-uh. I'm not doing that against a bad Jets team. Mm -hmm. I'm not risking that and risking my availability for the playoffs because right now Cleveland's going to be a playoff team at this rate, and they're going to be a pretty good one in that wild card ranking Mm -hmm. as well. So. There's no reason to risk it. And we know from his time with the Cowboys, Amari Cooper is a guy that does get banged up when he does get that volume of receptions. He's a guy that will get the soft tissue injury on Mm -hmm. you. So just say, hey, Amari, we got this one. We're better on both sides of the ball Mm -hmm. than this team and really in special teams as well. We'll go beat them without you. You take the day off. You you stay off your feet, all right? He told me a couple of years ago, he said that um, it was Nick Saban because you played football at Alabama. He said, because he was getting banged up a lot, and Nick Saban said, Amari, we need you. I'd rather have 50% of you than 100% of He named some other wide receivers. <laughs> so he says, so Amari, you know, he will try his best to fight through these injuries, and he will play. But like you said, a short week? No, not this time. The, now, when it, not when you look at the bigger picture. The 25-year-old rookie Jaron Hall will be starting at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings Uh, This week, instead of Nick Mullins in their matchup against the Green Bay Packers, it's a critical Week 17 matchup for them as they are trying to stay alive in that wild card hunt, and Nick Mullins was absolutely terrible for them last go-around. So, Jaron Hall, the 25-year-old rookie, will get his second start for the Vikings. So, is this where uh, Russell Wilson takes his talents next year? That's a fun conversation. I'm sure that might be something we have to do tomorrow, just kind of hypothesizing mm-hmm. where Russell Wilson goes next. Because at this rate, if he does get cut, like Diana Rossini is saying, he's going to yep. be able to choose wherever he wants to go. He is being benched because if he were to play, it kicks in this clause in his contract. It's like $37 yeah. million. Yeah. So this is the hint that they will let him go next spring. And when they let him go, where does he take his talents? He's not going to get a long-term contract anywhere at his age, but he's still good enough. And Vegas right now, has the Vikings, and I'm saying this because I'm not on with you tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. Off, to, off my memory, it's, it's the Vikings, it's the Washington Commanders. The Raiders. It's the Raiders. It is also one other, I, I want to say it's Atlanta. Yeah, Those are Atlanta some of the teams. could absolutely be in it because Desmond Ritter has been benched multiple times this season for mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke, mm-hmm. who, you know, you already thought that he was out of the league. Nope, he's starting games for the Atlanta Falcons here and there. Uh, One quick note around the NFL, because this topic went really quiet for a while, and now we have our first real update on it, kind of, sort of. The Buffalo Bills pass rusher and DFW native Vaughn Miller 
he had an assault charge picked up. I remember that. Uh, about a month or so ago, maybe yeah, a month and a half. With a woman? Yeah, and it was a domestic violence call that was made early in the morning. Mm-hmm. He was arrested, later bailed out. Yeah, he turned himself in. Yeah, and the, the bills continued to allow him to play because they said the league hasn't really told us anything. We haven't heard anything. We're mm-hmm. going to just go business as usual. Von Miller spoke after practice today for the first time about this incident saying that it was in late November, by the way, calling it, quote, 100% false and overblown, uh, saying after practice today, this was after the police responded to a major disturbance at 11 a.m. on November 29th. And he he said, quote, obviously there are things I can't talk about, but everything that was out is completely wrong and blown out of proportion about me and my girlfriend. We have problems just like any other couple does, but it's not been any of the things that was alleged against me. Yeah, sometimes it's the he said, she said, and that's why the NFL said until we investigate all of this, we really don't know. So it's not necessarily he's in the wrong yet. It's not necessarily she's in the wrong yet. But we see, I remember when uh, former police chief David Brown, Dallas, everybody loved Dave Brown. He said this in one of the statements. He said, nowadays people expect the police to be psychologists, educators, because they show up. They don't know who did what. And people are arguing, and you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're trying to solve it. So sometimes, you know, these reports get you got to get to the bottom of it first. Last note around the NFL coming from Jeff Howe of the Athletic. Uh, we've heard a lot about you know the Chargers and maybe some supposed interest there in Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan. And so Jeff Howe went talking to a bunch of anonymous high-ranking NFL executives earlier today and got a bunch of quotes. And it was a very consistent response that everybody is intrigued by the guy that has both successful college and NFL experience. But the prevailing thought is people are really concerned that he doesn't have any relationships with someone who could be a good general manager. Oh, who you know. There are team owners that have vacancies that are concerned that he would not have a good GM to pair up with him. Mm -hmm. And there's no pre-existing relationships like you see with a lot of head coaches that come in and have a GM at the same time. It it really is important. In fact, a lot of of teams hire guys at tandem because it's like, okay, somebody's buying the groceries, but does this coach know how to use these groceries? Exactly. So a little bit of concern maybe in terms of Jim Harbaugh's ability to come into well, the NFL well, in a winning situation. Part of the deal, his reputation in San Francisco, they wrote a whole bunch of articles about it. He is very difficult to work with. Seriously. Very, very difficult to work with. Very difficult to work with, and the word that kept popping up was quirky. Lots of people were calling him quirky. That's being kind. So there you have it's a little bit of a moment of pause in regards to Jim Harbaugh possibly returning to the NFL. That wraps up your trip around the NFL. And he insists on wearing khaki pants. Yeah, I only do it every now and then, maybe like once a week. He's he's got a thing about it. He he talks about it all the time. He's got a a dresser full of them. I don't know how he does (laughs) it. That was me in like middle school. Coming up next Mm. on the Get Right, each Super Bowl contender's strength. What is the Dallas Cowboys' biggest strength? 877-881-1053. We'll talk about that next on the Get Right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.